eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback from Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Fence Fighter with a PH. Third down and five. At the Washington 22-yard line, Jim Mandich has come in, replacing Mara Fleming at tight end. And Tully and Warfield split off the near side. The Dolphins haven't used any of their timeouts. Clock moving with 33 seconds. Greasy drops the throw. He sets up. He is firing in the corner. Mandich. by James Ferreira, also known as Radio Aaron Sutton, also known as Sutton, and our producer behind the scenes, James McKinney. We are back for our second week on the air, and we hope you enjoyed last week's episode with our brand new team, talking all things Miami Dolphins for you and for your family, who I know are listening in the background to your passion and your excitement for this upcoming season. Just a reminder, we are on the air every Tuesday, 9 p.m. live. You can catch us also on iTunes if you subscribe to our podcast. Just be sure to listen in every single week. It's a brand new show every week, brand new things we're talking about. And yes, we have plenty of inside information that we can share with you, which we will also do tonight later in the show. When we start talking about what Adam Gates is doing behind the scenes, when we start talking about Peyton Manning and how much involvement has he really had with the Miami Dolphins, it's a lot more than what you may think, a lot more than what's being and we'll get that towards the end of the show today. Before we start the show, I just want to say that Andrew Abramson of the Palm Beach Post, he is leaving the Dolphins beat, heading to the Sun Sentinel to cover, you know, do, do opinion columns and, and do more broader range of things. And Andrew has been with the Palm Beach Post for several years. So we certainly wish him the best. Joe Shad is coming in to take his place. He used to work for the Palm Beach Post before leaving for ESPN to cover college football. Shad, if you remember back in 2003-ish era, did a great story and actually stories on Ricky Williams and the entire thing with the, with his drug saga and, and everything else that was going around with him and really uncovered a lot of, a lot of facts in that whole situation. So we're going to welcome Joe and hopefully we'll have him on the air within the next few weeks to formally welcome him to Miami. Also, congratulations to Ryan Tannehill, who had a son several days ago. We found out today what his name was. And pretty much any normal name that you would find in any hospital after naming a child, Steel Ryan Tannehill. (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah, Lauren, I believe Ryan said he, he got it from a friend. He uh, heard his or a friend talking about it, so he liked the name, and, and they named him Steel. And funny enough, he told one of the players, uh, he said he wanted something different. Hopefully, it'll push him into being a tough kid. And uh, said that, you know, you re- with a name like that, you really can't be a wimp. So <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how Steel we'll see how Steel <laughs> grows up. He was born nine pounds, eight ounces. I tweeted a little while ago how perfect would it have been if he was born eight pounds, eight ounces, and that would have been <laughs> the ultimate the ultimate joke that really just would have kept on running. But I see lots of things on Twitter already. People are, you know, making a play on the words. We still haven't made the playoffs since 2010, I think it was, or we are still waiting for Ryan Tannehill to become a franchise quarterback, and I'm sure those jokes will continue as we move on today and through the next few weeks. Uh, let me let me jump on my soapbox for a little bit, as I will do every week when we start the show. And that is about training camp. And this is going to be kind of our focus throughout the show tonight. And a lot of overreaction. Training camp started on Friday, several days ago. And people, fans, people on Twitter, people on the website, and even beat reporters, which is, you know, kind of funny and ironic in a way, I guess, overreacting about every little thing that's going on. And I don't know if it's there in the age of social media where we get play-by-play of training camps that we didn't get in the past when this all wasn't here. Um, you know, one little interception, people start freaking out. One little injury, people start freaking out. It's the NFL guys. These guys haven't played in months. They haven't been on the field in months. All of a sudden, they're bumping knees with people. They're bruising up. It's going to happen. Jay Ajayi on the bike. It's going to happen. Yes, he has injury concerns. Yes, we should be concerned. But please, give it a break. I saw one beat reporter the other day saying the offense is not going to be good. He's already worried about them. Can I just remind this beat reporter and the fans who follow this beat reporter and the fans who jumped on this beat reporter's words that it's a brand-new system, a brand-new head coach, a brand-new offensive coordinator, a brand-new wide receivers coach who – are teaching his wide receivers brand new ways to run their routes, brand new techniques to cut in and out of the routes, brand new ways to catch the ball. Can I also mention that you have a new offensive line coach, an unsettled offensive line. You guys went in the pads for the first time the other day. You are going to mistakes. This is a time of teaching, of learning. And to kind of give you that essence of what it is, the Miami Dolphins released a debut future today called The Grind. And wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson really hits the nail on the head of how it's all about learning, about teaching, about putting in the work and the effort during training camps. So when the season comes, then they really know what to expect. Listen in. Training camp helps develop talent, develop character, develop relationships with guys, develop trust. Training camp is a must, you know, and it, and it has to be about the grind. I woke up like four times in the middle of the night. A little bit, a little bit harder to breathe in the pads, huh? And this league here, man, you got guys just as good as you, and everything that you get up here, you got to take. You don't earn it, you got to take it. Turn this thing up, baby. Turn this thing up. Good job, Kenny. I like that. Put it on my body. I got you. I saw. You know, I always talk to my guys about the journey and, and embracing the grind and everything, and I always tell them that we start with the end in mind. Our mindset, we're going to be Super Bowl champions. Now, can we work to get to that level every day? That's the difference in the, in the league and college, is that you'll beat them, there'll be space, but you just got to keep going, because they can make up that little bit so much quicker. On the way to getting to that Super Bowl level, there are going to be some potholes. And I always tell my guys, each pothole that we step in is a spring down there to spring us forward to our goal. So embrace the potholes, you know what I'm saying? Up here we have a band. You know what I'm saying? A band. battle everybody's part. If you, you, and you, you guys, you guys have to be the leader. I ain't counting nobody else. I'm talking about you guys. Somebody got to grab them by the reins, you know what I'm saying? To get going. This is not acceptable. It's about the grind because once we get here, you know what I'm saying, we can stay here because we remember how the story is. I told him, if you want to get to the top, there has to be a story. There's nothing given in this league. You know what I'm saying? So when you get to the top, there's a story about how you fought, how you fought for that day, but you fought back the next day. So you have to have a story so when you get there, you can stay there. And there it is, folks. That's from Sean Jefferson, wide receivers coach. And uh, 
former NFL player, obviously for, for numerous teams, including the New England Patriots. And, and remember, that's what training camp is all about. It is about learning. It is about the grind. It is about technique. It is about everything else. Just remember that don't overreact this early in the stage. Give it a few weeks. Give it a few preseason games. For a perfect example, the Dolphins dominated the Panthers last year in, in preseason practices, and look at the end result there. Plenty of time to go. Just relax. Enjoy it. Enjoy the football's back, and we're, gonna, we're going to get there. And one person who's going to help us get there is head coach Adam Gase. And the Miami Dolphins hired him several months ago to bring a new generation into Miami of new culture, a breath of fresh air. And he was the number one target on many coaching lists around the NFL with vacancies. And it was almost reported at one point how close he was to landing a deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. But then the Dolphins swooped in. They hired him. He is leading the pack. And he is doing one hell of a job. Let's bring you back to a few months ago when he was hired with this feature and recap from the Miami Dolphins about what he said in his opening press conference. We wanted to get the right leader, someone that could relate to young and talented players that we believe we had, somebody that was high energy and competitive, and we couldn't be more excited that we found Adam as what we think is going to be a great head coach and a great partner to help move this program forward. It's going to start with the right people. We think we got people in place that have the passion, the work ethic, and unselfishness we need to compete to be a winning organization. You know, we're looking for guys that want to invest in winning. It's going to be critical that guys come in here day in and day out and understand that's what we want. We're looking for competitors every day we step into the building when we start this spring. Day, I wanted to get into the first moment that I fell in love with Adam Gase, and I'm sorry, I'm showing my homerism right off the bat, but it was on an ESPN.com article, and it was during one of his interviews that he had had, not the one with the Dolphins, but a different one, and Gase was asked by one executive if he knew his personal record against Dan Quinn, the Seattle defensive coordinator who became the head coach in Atlanta. Gase said, it's 0-2, Gates responded, and I'm going to tell you something right now. He's never going to effing beat me again. And it was that kind of secret swagger that I fell in love with at, at first, and that's what I'm kind of piggybacking on right now. But at the end of the day, um, I, I do love the personality so far, but so much is writing on what we won't know until hindsight, how he calls plays to close out a fourth quarter lead. Uh, can we find balance on offense? Can he make in-game adjustments against Todd Bowles and Bill Belichick and Rex Ryan during the divisional games? That's what we really – the questions I think we want answered. But I'm just so excited that football's back. MC Money, thank you for reminding all of us that this really is a, a happy time for all of us. Dead season is in the rearview mirror. we got football ahead of us. It is colorful. Uh, the gray season of, of dead is, is gone. And one of the things that I really liked, what Adam Gay said in his press conference yesterday, uh, during practices, he's saying, if it's not hard, why are we doing it? If it's not hard, why are we not, you know, why are we doing it? And that, that was kind of, that's kind of a nice way of stating his real words. If it doesn't suck, we're not going to do it or something of that nature. But here's the clip from Adam Gase at the end of practice the other day. Good work today. Just think about this. Play fast. All right, we got to be able to think fast. Okay, Make it hard now for the game. It's going to be easy, right? We're getting an advantage by training in this weather. And, hey, this needs to be our mindset, man. I love this one. I heard this the other day. If it doesn't suck, we ain't doing it. Every time I hear Adam Gase talk, I think I like him a little bit more. Um, I I definitely, definitely had some apprehension, uh, you know, when the hire was made, another, another coordinator and experienced coming in, definitely uh, thought I saw a lot of uh, similarities to some of the previous failures uh, that had been here. But uh, like I said, the the more I hear him talk, like honestly, from that, from the uh, introductory press conference, 
um, pretty much onward. I've, I've just, I've loved everything I've heard out of him and, and out of the players' mouths. And, you know, uh, just thinking back for as long as I've been a uh, Miami Dolphin fan, you know, since the, uh, you know, I was born in 79. So, uh, you know, the eighties through the nineties, I mean, there's never, never really had a coach, uh, you know, with this kind of swagger, maybe Jimmy Johnson coming in. Jimmy Johnson's probably the only, uh, the only name that comes to mind that's, uh, that's led the team as long as I've been following him. That's had that kind of, uh, you know, personality, I guess I could say, but, um, you know, really, really excited to hear, you know, those things coming out of his mouth, especially, you know, I mean, things, you know, if it doesn't suck, we're not going to do it. That means, you know, we're going to make these guys hard. Like we're going to make them tough. You know, they're talking about getting alphas in here, getting a nasty edge to this team. And, you know, frankly, they've not not had a nasty edge, <laughs> you know, really as long as, you know, maybe the Zach Thomas, J- Jason Taylor days, you know, under Wanstead, but um, just, just getting some, you know, some nasty guys in here to, to play mean and play hard. It's uh kind of a breath of fresh air for me so I'm really looking forward to that and Rita to piggyback on that um the two words that that come to me for for Adam Gates swagger and confidence and that's not traits that we are used to um experiencing as Dolphins fans we've had Tony Sperano yeah the whole fist pump was like yeah woo, but it wasn't swagger per se it was kind of like the dork at the party, I don't know. Not not so much swagger for me. Bruce yeah, Aaron, he, uh, Mike Tomlin, those 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 are the guys that that speak to me to be the swagger confident type that I compare Adam Gates to. And I'm I'm hoping that he can follow in those footsteps that he can motivate his men like those other coaches have. Uh, granted, he's um, younger, but Mike Tomlin is not so much older that we can. Uh, and, you know, say they're generations apart. So I, I, I really look forward to see how this confidence um, manifests itself in the chemistry aspect with the whole team. Yeah, I just wanted to, to jump in real quick. That was a great point about Sperano. He definitely, uh, you know, he, he seemed fired up, but the things he was getting fired up about, those fist pumps after those field goals were just soul crushing. <laughs> They were uh, it was it was kind of embarrassing almost. So those was, were some uh, mean fist bumps though. You have to admit those were some pretty crazy fist bumps. Dude loved field goals. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it in my entire life. Loved yeah, some field goals. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. But listen, Adam yeah. Gaze has, has has done has done a great job with the Dolphins so far. Like I said last week, he was not my number one choice. Hugh Jackson was, but damn, I am so happy he is the Dolphins head coach. And when you look at it can't picture him failing I mean am am I being too much of a homer I mean I got my Kool-Aid out in my pitcher right now um, but am I drinking too much Kool-Aid is can he be that guy who finally succeeds in Miami the I mean the players are coming out and openly saying it we love our coaching staff Chris McCain said the other day about his defensive line coach Jim Washburn Um, he said Washburn ain't no joke. He don't put up with nothing. He respects us, of course, cares about us. He coaches us a lot. You kind of have no choice but to do right with him in the room. I mean, there are players that had no respect for their coaches last year, whether it was Joe Philbin at the top, you saw Jared Odrick making a joke about Philbin the other day on Twitter saying, uh, oh, geez, and then in parentheses, a Philbin cuss word. Um, these are guys <laughs> that did not respect their coaches last year and now they're openly praising them how great they are how connected they feel to them how much fun they're having um is adam gase the real deal and i know it's hard to say now but you just have that feeling that he is going to be something special here in miami (coughs) and um excuse me there i had a cough in my throat but the one thing that I, i do like about gase too is he's not afraid to admit that he's struggling in certain places. And we saw that in his press conference yesterday when he said that he's struggling to find the balance between being happy for the offense when they throw the ball and they complete the passes and they, and they get touchdowns and then being happy with the defense when they finally get their hands on the ball and almost come down with interceptions and almost, you know, make great plays. And then him as a head coach, he needs to find that balance and figure out, is this a good thing that the offense is, you know, not throwing interceptions or is it a bad thing that the defense is not getting interceptions? And that's the struggle you have when you're going up against your own team. And us fans, I know, have that same feeling. Okay, yes, the offense is doing great. Oh, crap, the defense is doing bad. Oh, the defense is doing great. Oh, crap, the offense is doing bad. That's why, again, reactions in training camp are so importantly to not get 
too excited about to to realize what we are dealing with here and to just enjoy it. Enjoy the development. Enjoy the teaching. You know the coaches. They haven't even had a personnel meeting yet to really just go through everything they need to go through and get these guys up to speed. We're going to jump in now to the live thread on uh, thefinsider.com. If you're not there already, make sure you join us. Sutton Radio, what do we have coming in on the live thread on the website? Um, the first thing I saw was a uh, question about Dion Jordan and, uh, and an update on his knee. Um, everything I can tell, uh, you know, everything I'm, I'm hearing and, and reading, um, you know, online, uh, is that, uh, you know, they were, you know, they've been kind of mum about it, uh, but it sounds like they're, they're not going to be rushing him onto the field anytime soon. Uh, I saw a, a tweet from Chris Perkins earlier today saying that, that he was not going to be rushed out onto the field or not going to be taking the field anytime, anytime soon. I mean, I know he's out there, um, you know, he's, he's out there with the team, but he's not, he's not doing any of the, uh, the 11 on 11 drills or anything of that nature. So um, I don't really know how far off he is. I was, you know, personally disappointed to hear that, you know, he had knee surgery. Don't really know how he could have injured himself, not doing anything for the last couple years. But um, apparently there was, uh, you know, haven't really heard much details as to the severity or um, the, uh, you know, the, the timetable for return. So um, just kind of waiting to hear what the, what the team has to say about that. I mean, obviously um, my feelings on Deion Jordan are, it'd be great. You know, he's a, he's like a, like a cherry on top if he can play. I know they're not depending on him just from, you know, the uh, immense disappointment that he's given everybody over the past couple of years. But, um, you know, if he can play great, I mean, if they can slot him in at a linebacker position and, and into a, you know, a, a, a part of the team that really needs some depth, uh, that would be great. Or if they can, you know, if they unleash him off the edge and he can add, you know, some, you know, another, another edge rusher to a, you know, a team, a, a part of the team that's actually very deep, you know, I think, I think he brings a lot to the table, but, um, unfortunately, I think we're kind of just in wait and see mode, kind of going back to what MC Money was talking about, you know, not overreacting to anything. It's still really early. We got a long way to go, so I'm kind of going to have to go and see how that one plays out. Um, Sutton, did you have? Uh, did you see anything else in there uh, that uh, that I might have missed? I'm actually going to jump in well, real quick, Radio, um, before Sutton chimes in. I just want to mention that the Dolphins were trying to do everything they can not to pay the bonus to Deion Jordan that was due, I think, today or tomorrow. So this knee injury might be real, but it might be more than what the Dolphins are making it. I mean, it might not be as big as the Dolphins are making out to be. Remember, this is a business too, and they know that Deion Jordan is not going to contribute right away. Putting him on, on this list gets him up to speed in the building, brings him in slowly. Adam Gase even said they're on step one of 500 with Deion Jordan. They need to make sure they have the right support systems in place with Deion Jordan. I don't think the knee is a huge issue. I think it's much less than the Dolphins are making it out to be. And I think really in the end, this is coming down to a money thing, a roster bonus thing. And the Dolphins just trying to make this part of this injury a business decision. Uh, so, and I don't know if you want to jump in real quick with, with anything with Dion or jump on to the next question in the live thread. Uh, no, you spoke for me, MC Money. I was just going to say that Gase had mentioned at the press conference that it was, you know, step one of 500. So this dude has um, an incredible amount of hurdles to go through just to even stay in the league and, uh, follow all the protocols that he has to do. So uh, we really just need to take a very cautious approach with how he gets into the fold of things. We can't just expect him to be this super producing hybrid player all of a sudden. We It's going to take some time. But anyway, another um, uh, another question on the live thread that we'll actually get to here in a minute from one of our live callers here in a few minutes actually um, is – relative to the secondary, but one of the questions that we missed last week uh, was from Coach K13, and Coach K is one of my oldest buddies on the Finsider. Uh, His question was, will Jordan Phillips beat out Earl Mitchell? I think so. Um, And my answer is, I think so. Um, Last year, the snaps were very even. And I know on on one side, it's a, a downfall that Jordan Phillips was not be was not able to beat out Earl Mitchell more than he was because we we noticed uh, Earl Mitchell did not have a very good year last year. 
Um, Jordan Phillips, though, should have another year of conditioning, which I think was his problem last year. He actually made some plays towards the beginning of the year but seemed to fade away a little bit towards the end of the year. So I'm hoping that another year of strength and conditioning with a, uh, with a, a club like the Dolphins, who are so invested in sports science, you got to think that this guy uh, can take even more snaps from Earl Mitchell um, and hopefully be the dominant run stuffer that we need on first and second down. That's that's my real concern about this this defense is being able to stop the run, and I think Jordan Phillips is going to be a huge aspect to that. And in my heart of hearts, we really need Jordan Phillips to beat out Earl Mitchell for that position. All right, good stuff about that. And we're going to bring in this live caller right now. Dolphin fan for life, thank you for calling. You want to talk about how there's been no interceptions thrown in camp this far. Throw us your question and we'll answer it for you. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm doing okay. And I guess my question is more with the news that there's no interceptions. Do you feel like it's more on the shoulders of Ryan Tannehill in the offense? Or do you feel like it's more on the shoulders of lack of player depth in the secondary? Well, thank you again for calling in. I appreciate you holding on the line for for that long. Um, and we just kind of addressed this, you know, Adam Gates is trying to find that balance. Is that a good thing that there's no interceptions being thrown or is that a bad thing that there's no, no interceptions being thrown? And we saw with Jay Cutler in Chicago, how Adam Gates really lowered his interception rate. And I do believe that this has a lot to do with Adam Gates and the new structure he's building with the offense. And yes, there are many concerns in the secondary with the Miami Dolphins. There is no denying that, but again, it's early in training camp. We need to see how it plays out in the games. We need to see what kind of coverage and schemes they drive in when they start playing opponents that don't know what's coming. Um, but I do think a lot has to do with Tannehill, with Gase, with Matt Moore, you know, every every quarterback. And we're going to talk about this towards the end of the show. Make sure you're still listening. But Peyton Manning has had a much bigger role than anyone out there understands. And I have some inside information regarding that, and I'm going to reveal some of that information. So, again, be sure to stick around for that. But – yeah, the quarterbacks are improving. You're going to see a different Ryan Tannehill this year. You're going to see a different offense. You're going to see more efficiency. And Adam Gase, wherever he's been, no matter what quarterback he's been with, has always made him more efficient, has always made him you know, do things better than they haven't done before, and has always gotten the most out of the quarterback position. Radio, I know you have a quick thing to say about this. Yeah, I just wanted to hop in real quick and uh, say thanks to FinFan for Life for calling in again. Uh, he called in last week and had a question about the uh, the defensive line depth. Maybe uh, one of the uh, one of the guys that that we have, one of the many talented players we have uh, in the front four, perhaps being moved for a cornerback. Um, you know, ties in nicely to the question he asked this week. I actually saw um, a uh, an article on Pro Football Focus uh, this week that was actually suggesting that the Dolphins might actually make uh, might be in the market to make a move with. Uh, you know, Deion Jordan coming back and, and having, you know, players like Earl Mitchell and, uh, and Chris McCain, uh, you know, lots of depth there um, on the defensive line. So um, obviously nothing, uh, nothing's been leaked about any imminent trades, but the, uh, there's, there's chatter about the, uh, the depth up front that the Dolphins have and then the needs they have in other places like the secondary where they have been, been injured. And, you know, perhaps that's playing into uh, some of the reasons why we haven't seen any interceptions thus far in camp. Maybe they just don't have the, uh, the playmakers back there yet. Um, but you know, to, to MC money's point, it's, it's very early. And, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Mr. Manning has had something to do with the lack of interceptions thrown at, at training camp as well. So, uh, just wanted to chime in and say thanks again to FinFan for life. All right. Thanks a lot. Again, uh, let's move to Twitter. Now we have Esteban Sabreros. He talked to us last week, I believe, uh, at AZ underscore Dolphin. Uh, what's your take on the cornerback situation this early in camp? Are media and fans overreacting or not? Sutton, take it away. Uh, thanks for the question, Esteban. And uh, Alpha Six had, you know, pretty much the exact same question on the live thread. And yeah, we should probably be a little concerned. Um, I think the, the ultimate hedge here is Tony Lippett and how he develops. Because think about the the big wide receivers in our division. I mean, we're going against Sammy Watkins. Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall at the very least, um, not to mention all the slot guys that can destroy us from the Patriots. Um, so we're, we're, we're looking at uh, needing him to be the one to step up to make this some kind of salvageable um, secondary right now. Um, salvageable is probably 
too strong of a word because I'm we you know like you said MC Money from the very get go this is you know we just finished day five of training camp so we're not we're not in a position where we should be um, judging a book by its cover per se we we still need to take this as a very fluid approach and see how this thing develops um, the secondary certainly has its concerns and no interceptions but I mean do we know how many drills they've had opportunities to intercept passes and, and you know all that kind of stuff I mean it can be spun any number of ways so um, let's just see how how our young guys uh, turn out and honestly at the end of the day if we have a couple of these young secondary players pan out for us this year we're going to be in really good shape going forward absolutely again the theme is no overreaction it's still early this cornerback situation situation may end up being a problem once the season begins but again, we need to just relax, focus, and just understand that it's a lot of learning, a lot of teaching going on right now, and just one day at a time. Um, we're going to give you now some quick hits around the Dolphins training camp. Plenty of tidbits coming out. We mentioned Jim Washburn a little earlier in, in a show. Uh, he's bringing the Y9 to the Miami Dolphins, and, and Adam Gates is obviously as well overseeing it all. Adamic and Sue. Recently, I've had a lot of success in it. We have the best coach in understanding how the defense is run in Jim Washburn. Defensive tackle Earl Mitchell explains the wide nine this way. It gives us the opportunity to attack upfield. It turns everything back inside, especially in the run game. It takes that read away from the inside guys, too. Continuing, Earl Mitchell says about the wide nine, you don't have to read down the line of scrimmage. You can just attack and not necessarily worry about losing your contain on the outside because when you have guys on the outside, it turns everything back inside. It makes it easier for you to attack and not worry about if anything's going to get on the outside. And linebacker Jelani Jenkins, I think with the wide nine, it kind of keeps everything in the box and inside, so it doesn't put too much pressure on it. <coughs> the Dolphins, going with their radio rights away from iHeartRadio this offseason, has firmed up its pre- and post-game talent. Pre-game, Curtis Stevenson and Shannon Crowder. Halftime, Kevin Rogers. Post-game. Orlando Alzugari, better known as Big O, and Troy Stratford. Jimmy Cefalo, Joe Rose, and Bob Greasy will call regular season games on WQAM. Jason Taylor replaces Greasy on four preseason games on WQAM. Use Greasy will be working on the TV preseason package. The Dolphins and CBS 4 retain Dick Stockton, Greasy, and Matt Moore to call three of the four preseason games. Moving on to the next area, uh, Kevin Camper will handle sideline coverage for WFOR4 in preseason and for WQAM during the regular season. Going on to Jay Ajayi, everyone was worried that he would miss practice with a knee injury on Monday. Turned out it was only a bone bruise to his left knee, which he sustained while when he collided with linebacker Jelani Jenkins during Sunday's practice. He does expect to return in a couple of days. We all know Ajayi had chronic knee issues in college, but this is to the other knee, so really nothing to be concerned about right now. Running back Isaiah Pete opened with the starters in team drills on Monday, but left with an unspecified leg issue. He is making a strong impression in camp thus far, but we'll see if this injury will push him back a little bit. And cornerback Xavier Howard, recovering from knee surgery, said he's running and hopes to be back for some preseason games. He said he feels good and is waiting for the coaches to clear him. He's never had knee problems, but was undercut on the final day of minicamp. Finally, Chris McCain making a huge impression in the first four days of camp. Had two sacks the other day, and Adam Gates said he will be on the team if that kind of disruption uh, continues. Gates said, I see a guy getting off the ball with great speed, turning the edge quickly every time we seem to be in any kind of drill. Whether third, down, or two-minute situation, he's around the quarterback a lot. The more we can get him to do better, he's the guy that keeps putting that positive foot forward. The more chaos you cause on defense, the more interesting you are to us. And that was Adam Gase on Chris McCain. Your quick hit from around Dolphins training camp. And again, the Y9 is going to be a huge part of what the Dolphins do this coming season. And we'll have to watch that develop nicely. And part of the Y9 and the Dolphins really think that it's going to really help them is their linebacker situation. And we have a question on a live thread on the Finsider.com. If you're not there with us right now, be sure to join because we will answer your questions. One of the readers asked us, and I'm just trying to find the question right now. Um, by I'm an F-18, bro. At the risk of being reported, what's the word on Kiko Alonso? I'm really interested in his progress, and he's going to be a huge part of what the Dolphins defense does. And if he's healthy, 
he's playing well. He's going to be dominant in that middle and really help the Dolphins do what they need to do with the Y9 and other defensive schemes. Radio, what are your thoughts on Kiko Alonso? Well, everything that we've heard out of camp so far and everything that's come out of uh, Kiko's mouth himself has just been, you know, nothing but great. I mean, very, very encouraging and very, very positive. The, uh, the coaches uh, have had nothing but great things to say about how, how fast he is to the football and how he always seems to be uh, – his, his nose is always right in the middle of the play. So, uh, you know, personally, I, I remember him playing in Buffalo as a rookie, and I am very, very excited and eager to see him, you know, regain that form down here in Miami. It's been uh, the linebacking play, you know, for the past four years uh, has been sorely lacking. So um, it would be great to see, uh, you know, to see uh, just a stud middle linebacker that can, that can cover and stop the run and, you know, play sideline to sideline the way he does when he's at his best. So if he really truly is back, I think it's going to make a huge difference for this defense, especially if he can stay healthy and play at that level and uh, maybe, you know, force some turnovers, make some plays in the backfield, uh, get those things done, the things that we haven't really been seeing out of the linebacking core for the past couple seasons. So um, me personally, I'm very excited. Everything we've heard, obviously, you know, you got to take some of it with a grain of salt, but, um, you know, it's, it's all been positive so far. So uh, really looking forward to seeing what he can do out there. And Kiko Alonso, basically the quarterback of the defense, moving guys around, calling, calling plays in the huddle. And the other guy that's also going to be the quarterback, the actual literal quarterback, is Ryan Tannehill. And they've been getting a huge boost from one guy, one legend in the NFL, Peyton Manning. And check out this clip from Good Morning Football. Check this out. This is Dolphins camp. Uh, Our producer, Rich, in my ear telling me Peyton Manning's on the scene. Repping the balls with a visor, Kay Adams. Look Look at his visor. I do believe that that is Dan Marino. That is Okay. That is a visor right there. Look at they got the bucket hat, the visor for the lid store. That visor situation, but I do like that he's there. Uh, Maybe he he did those Direct TV commercials uh, talking about his retirement and decided he needs to get back involved, huh? I just want to know what he's thinking. I wish he was mic'd up. He's got so many observations and practice. What has he got? What is he thinking? What do you think he's thinking? This is Peyton. I should be out here. One of the best quarterbacks of all time. Honestly, as a competitor, he's probably thinking, I can still play this game. Guys, he's just one year removed from winning the Super Bowl. It's got to be an Adam Gase thing, no, right? The Adam Gase worked with – yeah. The connection is Adam Gase. And a few, a few weeks ago, uh, Peyton Manning had a big dinner out in L.A. and invited all his old coaches. And I know Adam Gase was one of the main guys there. And it was like a quarterback and coach convention. A lot of guys came through. And this must have been discussed there because Gase uh, – Gase owes a lot of what he's doing right now to just working with Peyton Manning, kind of absorbing from the veterans. You don't see this. You don't see a guy who's a Hall of Famer that quickly back around football in the practice field like that. I mean, normally, Or another team. Another team, too. Right. It's not like he's checking in with Denver or even Indy. I mean, he must be itching to All play right now. I'm itching just watching Let him. Me pull- and, and that is correct. Uh, he is back on the field, and a lot has to do with Adam Gase. And, you met, and the post mentioned that Adam Gase was at Peyton Manning's retirement dinner a few weeks ago. But – I'm going to get more into this after radio talks about Peyton Manning a little bit and what his impact means to the Dolphins and how he's there helping out the team. But like I've said at the beginning of the show, he is involved in much more than what the media is reporting on. But we'll get into that in a second. Radio, thoughts uh, on Peyton Manning being at Dolphins camp and being right by Dan Marino. Does it help the Dolphins at all? Um, I, I would like to think that it does. I mean, it's kind of unprecedented, right? I, they kind of touched, that, touched on a little bit in the soundbite there. Um, you know, think, think about other great quarterbacks when, when they retired. Did they, were they showing up right away on, on the practice field for another team to, uh, you know, to, to, to help them out? Um, you know, I, I don't really think there's any, anything, you know, any precedent set here to, to kind of compare it to. But, I mean, it's, it's Peyton Manning. He's one of the greatest football minds of all time. You know, having just, just him and then the, the aura of Dan Marino, you know, at the, at the practice field, you know, that's, that's got to make uh, – it, it's, it's got to bring out the best in Ryan Tannehill, I would imagine, I would hope. Um, you know, the only other time Ryan Tannehill was, uh, you know, really around Peyton Manning was uh, that, that game in Denver, and that was probably the, the best game he's ever played as a, uh, as a, as a Miami Dolphin quarterback. So, um, you know, uh, maybe, there's, maybe there's some magic around Peyton Manning and, and Ryan Tannehill that, uh, that, that they're, they're trying to bring out. But just with the, uh, the football IQ, I, I can't see it being a bad thing. I've got I to gotta think Tannehill's – uh, really, really excited to uh, to have the opportunity, and I know they were downplaying it at the beginning, the first time he was at Dolphin Camp. So, um, just the fact that he, he's, you know, his presence is still there and, and he's still lingering. I know you got more for us on that MC money. I think it's uh, it, it can only bode well for for us. I don't see any negatives there. 
Yeah, totally agreed. Um, Yeah, I don't know whether it's a better reflection on Adam Gase or whether it's just a lucky opportunity for Ryan Tannehill. Um, Just love to have him in the building, but my hunch is that he wants to see if maybe he wants to coach. Um, I I think he knows as a a physical specimen he's probably not there to, to play regular season football, if any of you guys were alluding to that. But I do think he wants to kind of test the waters to see if, you know, the, you know, if he wants to go a, a coaching route or maybe a front office route. Um, so it's interesting that he's here talking to Adam Gase um, and Dan Marino, who's, you know, had some mixtures of uh, coaching and front office stuff there. Um, but um, think about what he just accomplished. I mean, he just won the Super Bowl. He's, been here several times. I mean, uh, what the you know that means something to every single player on that team, not just the quarterbacks. I and mean, yeah, he has spent some specific time with the quarterbacks, from what I've seen. But just think about what it does for all his young twenty-year-olds. That you know, I'm 33 years old, and I was Peyton Manning was one of the best players I've ever watched play the game, and I love those cerebral players. And to think about all the young 20-year-olds that occupy most of the spaces on football teams, how how meaningful it has to be with to spend with Peyton Manning just a few minutes at a time. So it's got to be such an incredible experience for all of them really involved. Yeah, those are great points, Sutton. And I, I got to imagine that it's it's got a boost. I mean, it's in, as we talked about earlier in the show that, you know, Adam Gase's presence is already it, – it's already making an impact on the Miami Dolphins, the team currently – um, I can only imagine having Peyton Manning hanging around, talking him up is uh, just, just building that cred even further with some of those young guys. And and the other point you made about him maybe wanting to see if coaching is something he wants to get into, I I think you're exactly right. I mean, that's a that's a solid point. I think that's a big reason as to why he, he is there. I think he's, you know, he's lending his knowledge and seeing if, if his if his high football IQ and his knowledge can translate, you know, into other players on the field, specifically Ryan Tannehill to see if you know, he can kind of pick up, you know, some of the things that, that he's trying to, to, to pass on to him. Um, you know, he never really, uh, you know, during his playing days, I mean, I, I got to uh, see, watch a lot of Peyton Manning just from, uh, you know, all the primetime games. And, you know, he was in the AFC East for a little while as well. Um, never really seemed like a guy who wanted to, uh, to mentor anybody. It didn't really seem like that was really in his MO. Um, but uh, this is, you know, I, 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 he's obviously showing a real interest in, uh, you know, uh, taking on uh, an interest in coaching and, and perhaps, you know, on, on the offensive side of the ball or a quarterback coach. I mean, I kind of saw him going into television myself, but, um, you know, this is uh, very, very intriguing and, and very interesting to me. So, um, like I said, I, I only see positives out of him uh, hanging around, you know, both for Gase and for uh, Ryan Tannehill, the player. And, and real quick, and, and then back to you, MC Money, um, it comes back to, uh, the questions that we've always asked about Ryan Tannehill, um, is it the physical or is it, is it the cerebral aspect of the game? And I think having Peyton Manning there to, to help tutor him in the cerebral part of the game, which I think most of us have been the most frustrated with in Tannehill's development, um, to have somebody like Peyton Manning there to bounce ideas off of and to help develop um, understanding of the game um, that that's got to help him uh, enormously. Yeah, and the reporters have said that Payne Manning's only been there three times, but the fact of the matter is, and now that he's being around more, I can kind of talk about this. He has been around a lot more than just three times. He's been in the room with Ryan Tannehill and the other quarterbacks from time to time before mini camps, uh, during mini camps. While you may not have seen him on the sidelines during those times, I can assure you he was in those quarterback rooms with those quarterbacks, teaching them the nuances of Adam Gates' system, teaching them uh, just passing down knowledge and insight. And just know that when I hinted last week and on Twitter over the past week, that the Dolphins are doing everything they can to help Ryan Tannehill and the other quarterbacks succeed this year. It was because I was talking about Peyton Manning and the fact that he's been around for so much of this offseason with the Miami Dolphins, he's been in the building many more times than uh, what is being reported by the reporters. He was, as you know, uh, from day four at, at camp, but he was also there with the team before that. 
He addressed the entire team for seven minutes on Sunday night, then spent 40 minutes meeting with the quarterbacks, and then, of course, attended practice on Monday. Uh, during the Sunday address to the entire team, Manning emphasized, and this is according to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, he emphasized to stay in your playbook, the importance of studying and not taking things for granted, putting your phone away at night, and getting into the playbook, even if it's 30 minutes, an hour. And uh, that's what quarterback Brandon Doughty relayed to Barry Jackson. When the quarterback separately on Sunday, Doughty said that he was in our mind about protections and stuff and how we do things, how we are going to change this and change that. It was cool. And Doughty said the quarterbacks asked Manning a lot of questions. Ryan Tannehill picked his mind. It was kind of more talking to Ryan than he was with me, but it was cool just hearing the questions and me kind of just writing things down and jotting things just kind of observing this whole thing. Manning's advice to the quarterbacks, trying to work on our hot reads, understanding what everyone is doing, and just taking it one play at a time. And you can read the rest of the article from Barry Jackson and little tidbits, but quarterback Brandon Doughty was starstruck with seeing Peyton Manning in the building and, um, and everything else. And Chris McCain confirmed what I was hinting at last week uh, by saying in this article, when he came in the offseason and worked out in the back of our weight room, this is what I was saying, Running on our treadmill, I would go back there and say he's my favorite player, Chris McCain said. Every time I talk to him, he talks to me like he's known me for years. I'm honored to shake his hand and be around him. So as I mentioned last week, as I texted Radio and uh, Sutton, um, I texted them about two weeks ago saying I have some information on Peyton Manning. We really can't talk about it publicly yet, but just know this is what's happening. And now we see the reports coming out. So, again, listen to this podcast. You will get inside information before a lot of other people do. And before we wrap up the show real quick, I do want to get to one more question on my thread. But just some notes from <coughs> tonight's uh, training camp practice. Devontae Parker sat out with a, a knee injury, but not expected to be serious. Tony Lippett demoted to second team in his place. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name right now. I will get to it. Uh, Chegwa, I believe. Chicky Chegwa, Chegi Chigwa, something like that, uh, took his place <laughs> and was with the first team tonight. Again, know that it's uh, just early and the Dolphins are likely rotating guys around to see who's the best fit and significant progress on the stadium. Uh, the grass was going in today. You saw Tom, saw Tom Garfinkel tweet some pictures about it. You saw the Dolphins put up that 360 view. Impressive stuff. That stadium is going to be absolutely beautiful when it finally opens with the roof. All right, let's get back to that last question uh, from the live thread. I'm going to hand this over to Sutton. Um, here it is from Griffin Van Ness. Per usual, all Dolphins seem to be brimming with optimism. New stadium, new coach, new system, new players, new attitude. However, I heard this all before, with the exception of the new stadium. So with more questions than answers, parentheses, in my opinion, and pretty tough-looking schedule, is such optimism warranted? And I'm handing this over to Sutton because I'm on my third pitcher of Kool-Aid tonight. So Sutton, take it away. Yeah, we're going to go win at Seattle. Then we're going to win at New England. We're going to win the home opener. Then we're going to win Thursday night. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually kind of shocked that Griffin actually asked this question because we all know Griff. <laughs> he's one of the most um, notorious homers on this site. So I think he's really just trying to, like, fake psych himself out to try to be relaxed before the actual season starts. <laughs> and, and we all know that once, you know, there's – Juices get boiling. This dude is going to be as fired up as any of us probably all combined. Um, so God bless him. He's probably just been riding his bike too much, so he just needs to go home, take a shower, see his wife for a little bit, uh, relax, and um, just wake up tomorrow morning and know that, yes, the optimism is warranted. I mean, what else do we have as Dolphins fans? We haven't had results lately, so optimism is what we have, and it's actually viably possible that Gates brings up some results, which we all really. Yeah. And, and real quick, I, I, I want to say I've always kind of tried to be uh, realistic about the, uh, the Miami dolphins and, you know, uh, how they looked going into uh, specific seasons. I, I will say last year I was, I was drinking a Kool-Aid hard. <laughs> like I thought, I, I thought it was finally going to be the year where they broke out. I, I mean, I never was really a big fan of Philbin's, um, but I, I just thought they had the, the talent in place, and I thought uh, Tannehill was going to make the leap just from the way he looked in, in practice and training camp. Um, but I will say this, and, and I kind of touched on it earlier, for as long as I have watched the Miami Dolphins and followed them closely, I, I honestly, I can say honestly, I've never seen a coach outside of Jimmy Johnson with this kind of this kind of swagger and with the players talking 
you know, this, this positively about a coach. And I don't think anybody can argue that point. So, you know, are they going to win 10, 11 games and make the playoffs this year? You know, probably not, but are they going to play harder and, you know, not get blown out by the New York jets? Uh, You know, I I think so. (laughs) Like, I think there's going to be, I think that the product on the field is probably going to be a lot better this year. Um, You know, I'm not saying we're going to the playoffs or the Super Bowl or anything like that, but I think we're going to see some positive steps and, you know, that's, that's what I'm really hoping for. So, um, you know, just, you know, trying to keep the expectations realistic. Um, I like what I'm hearing. I like the new players they've added. They really haven't changed too much, but, um, you know, I I think it's going to be, uh, I I think they really are going to see some positive steps this season. All right. And both you guys, radio and side, great stuff throughout the show tonight. This was a jam packed show. It seemed with lots of information flying fast. That was 47 minutes of on the edge of my seat, pants off, hot take action. <laughs> Minus the pants off. Uh, if you're reading our live thread, you can see that's a running joke in that live thread. Here. But, you know, maybe I do have my pants off. You guys will never, ever know the answer to that question. And I will say my wife is out of the house with the kid tonight, so it is quite possible I do have my pants off doing this podcast. Um that would be kind of weird. So we talked about Adam Gase, everything he's brought to the Miami Dolphins. You're going to see great things about this guy. We answered your questions on Twitter, on the live thread. We, we, had, we had a caller call in. I hope that continues throughout the season as we move forward. I gave you some quick hits from training camp about the wide nine defense, about the Dolphins broadcasting rights, and so forth. We talked about Peyton Manning and the impact that he has had on the Miami Dolphins. And next week when we join you, we'll continue to talk about training camp. We'll look at the stories about keeping an eye on remembering. Don't overreact. It's early. Yes, even a week and a half in, it's early. We're not going to get things really settled. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news until the third or fourth week of the regular season. You saw that Adam Gase said last year the Bears didn't really start clicking on cylinders in his offense until about week four. Week so just be patient, relax. I know it's a brutal opening to the season. We're in this together, guys. We will come on the air after the show. We will vent together. We will drink together. We will be depressed together. We will cry together. We will laugh together. We will sing together. We will celebrate together. Happy days are coming. Happy days. We'll be here again someday soon. But for tonight, (laughs) that's going to be it. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you continue on with us and join us next week, 9 p.m. live. Eastern time, join us on our live thread, join us on Twitter. Give us a call. We want to talk. We want to hear your voice. We can't see you, but we do want to hear your voice. We want to interact with you more and more and more. All right, guys, have a great night. For the Finsider Radio, I'm Matt Kanata, joined again by Aaron Sutton, James Spira, and, of course, the man behind the scenes, James McKinney. We'll see you next week. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.